Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross, we just got a whole lot stronger. We did, we did. We have Tiernan Bradley, who's making his pro boxing debut this Saturday in Poland. Tiernan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, can't wait to fly at the pond. As, uh, as I spoke to you earlier, smash and grab job. Uh, get in there and get out uh, with the win. Um, and then hopefully be out before the end of the year. Um, I for my second fight, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So you're this ready to second? Go yeah, you're, yeah, you're just like ready to go, and then like you just don't want to leave the ring. Yeah, well, it's, it's only a four rounder from a first fight, so you know it is going to be very quickly, and I, I plan to do it very quickly. You know, I'm not being paid for overtime, as they would say. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to get in there in the first or second round and just get it over and done with. You know, I've been waiting a long, long time for this, and uh, I just can't wait to get in there and show everybody my, my talent that has been wasted for the last two years. Yeah. Uh, Tiernan, who actually looks after booking your fights? Because I saw the O'Rourke gym uh, went over to, I think it was Valencia in Spain, and did, did a number there. Uh, I think the guys, if you include Dylan Moore and there, went 4-0. And now you're flying over to Poland, even more of you. And uh, I expect you to also come out with, I think, what is it, 8 now over here now? Yeah, so uh, that would be Slater Sports Consultancy. Um, that's, that's who we work closely with, with the Rocks Gym. Um, but yeah, like even in Spain there, we had a few great wins. And we're hoping to do, what is it, eight or seven fighters on in Poland, but including Don Moran, well... Dom Rand's not in our gym, but he, he, he does work closely with us and he works closely with Slater Sports Consultancy. But yeah, I'm hoping just get a, get a, 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 full, a flush of fighters to win, you know. So yeah, we, we're, all, we're all buzzing for it. Yeah. yeah, and from a fan's point of view, it's actually brilliant to have so much young Irish talent all on the one card. Because you can watch the card from start to finish and you're just getting Irish fight after Irish fight. Sometimes yeah. you might be watching a card and, you know, an Irish fellow might be fighting the second fight and then they might be fighting, you know, the co-main event and you're sitting there watching yeah. two hours of boxing of, like, a fellow from the UK fighting a fellow from Latvia who you don't really care about, you know what I mean? But, like, this is going to be, like, harsh, like Irish after Irish. Oh, that's a bit harsh, that's a bit harsh. Yeah, well, that's not even that. Like, it's going to be great to for all the, all the streamers back home, you know, everybody tuning in because they are tuning in you know, for their fighters, you know, for everybody back home. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's great to have, like, an Irish fighter after Irish fighter after Irish fighter. Um, and I reckon it's going to be a fantastic show. Some, like, some of the talent that's on there, you know, with Ryan O'Rourke going into his fifth fight and then uh, Tony, Tony Brown having his debut, Victor Rabbi going on 10-0, and 0, um, Don Moran having, what is it, his 15th fight. Um so yeah, we're all like we just can't wait to get in there and and perform to the best of our abilities because uh, we have been training hard and we've had some shows have been cancelled and it's been frustrating. But uh, yeah, it's we're just happy to get out and show everybody our, um, the, the performance and the the hard work that we've been doing over the last twelve to fourteen weeks. Yeah, Russ, it's also great for like people that like also follow our show, but also fans of boxing that there's so many people associated with around fighting on the card that, like, like for instance, like, Tiernan's fans and Dylan's fans would, like, mesh and then they become fans of each other and everyone else on the fight uh, card as well. It's actually great for Irish boxing as a whole. Oh, definitely. I think 
it's almost like another wave of Irish boxing coming through. You know what I mean? We were only talking about it last time with Dylan on. You know what I mean? There's unbelievable boxers all around the country. And Irish boxing is really coming to the forefront again. You know, we have all the guys in O'Rourke stream. You have the McKenna brothers, John O'Carroll. And then, like, obviously, Cade Taylor, like, leading, leading the way, uh, world champion. So, look, I think Irish boxing is probably as hot as it ever is. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And um, t- tell us this now, Tiernan. Uh, your brother's also a professional uh, boxer. Yep. Who's going to get that world title first? I always love a bit of friendly brotherly brother rivalry. I have two brothers myself, and uh, I know what it's all about. So uh, tell us, who's going to get the world title first? Ah, oh, well, like I'm, I'm a little, I'm two years older than my, my younger brother, so I reckon, I reckon I'll be pushing for titles before him, you know? Like, he, he's still learning. Uh, he's still got a few learning fights to go, and MTK are managing him uh, great. Um, you know, he's going to step up at the right time and he's going he's gonna to win his titles at the right time. Um, and he's got a lot to learn, you know? Uh, and I think that's what the most exciting thing is, that he has a lot to learn because of how mature and how good of a fighter he is now. And to think of what he's going to be like when he matures into, and gets, when he matures and gets that experience, um, it is scary, you know? But... Yeah, well, I, I, I'm hoping to go be going for a title in the next in the next year or so. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm going to be the first one to go for a world title, or there will be some slagging going on. And you get you get Carl on the undercard, do you? Oh, yeah, Carl will be on the co main. But uh, but come here, like um, like how, how did you? Is it just you and your brother, or do you have any other brothers or a sister? Yeah, I have an older brother as well. So he he's been doing uh, coaching. Hold on, one second. I'm just gonna let this one out. Um, he's been coaching Callum yeah. uh, as a professional fighter uh, and with, along with my amateur coach uh, Adam Hunter um, he's been doing Callum's corner for the last four fights Adam and, and my older brother Arn and I've got an older sister as well she's, she's the oldest uh, yeah and uh, did you all just start boxing one after another or was it just the brothers yeah well I think it was my, my grandfather was a boxer and his brothers as well. And they were all very athletic, athletic men back then. Um, my father, my grandfather was uh, a coach in the local boxing club as well uh, for twenty years. Um, but yeah, then when I was a kid, I was a fup- I played football, and my older brother started a boxing club when I was around maybe seven years of age, and Arn was around ten. And uh, my dad just says, "Do you want to go to boxing?" And I was like, what is boxing? So, and then I, obviously I went to the boxing club and I was there for maybe a year and a half and I hated it because <laughs> I was this small fat kid that was p- always put in with the heavier lads. Yeah. Um, and they always bullied me and, and I was in the back arse of nowhere up in the mountain. And like every, before every session, you would go out for like this freaking five mile run and then you would come back and then you would do bags and then you would spar and there were some characters in the gym that would scare you for a seven year old to be going into that environment yeah so i just said to my dad one night i was like look i don't want to box no more and i broke down in tears in front of him i was like i don't want to box no more because i knew that he would be angry because he only wanted his sons to be fighters yeah and and then that that club had closed down and we, they moved to a different club which had a better structure and a better uh th- a better child protection uh, for the kids and a better system. So I went there, my older brother went there as well. And um, 
I loved it. I got back into boxing and I absolutely loved it. I had loads of friends there. Um, and then when I was 11 years of age, I won my first Irish title. And then I went 22 fights unbeaten in my, in my first, up until my, uh, my second year when I was around 12, um, I got beaten in the Irish final um, by Aidan Walsh, who is now an Olympic hopeful of 69 kg firm. So, um, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, that's how I really got into boxing, and then from there on, I got uh, went to the European Championships when I was thirteen. I won two Irish title that year, my my Irish title and my cadets. When I was fourteen, I won an Irish title as well, beating another golden boy, uh, jo Johnny Joyce. Um, and then uh, when I was fifteen, I kind of had an off year. Then uh, kind of I moved up in weight. Um, and then when I was sixteen, I went to the Euro or went to the World Championships. Um, the World Championships uh, at the under-18 level, so I was a year younger. Um, and I, I didn't really perform well that year at international level, but I brought it back then the next year when I went to the Commonwealth Youth Games, whenever um, for uh, Ulster in Northern Ireland um, over in Samoa, and I won a silver medal there. And then I think that's just cemented my place as kind of an elite fighter uh, moving up the ranks uh, into the into the seniors and the elites and then I won the intermediates which were the seniors now went into the elites and got beat by Sean McComb and Sean like Sean was the golden boy at 60, 60 kilo for years and uh, so but that, that that got my foot in through the door with the, na the national um, the national team and that's when I, I started really developing around I was around Mick Conlon Sean McComb Davey Oliver Joyce Keely Taylor um, so I was, I was in around serious talent and that's what brought me along you know and in turn being an Ulster man obviously uh, was Mick Conlon a big influence for you and your brothers uh, as you're you're sort of developing your boxing career yeah it was a massive influence because um, Mick like we would have trained together as well on, on the Ulster team because his father would have been the the, the head coach of that John Conlon and uh so uh, Michael was always up training and around us, you know, giving us tips. We were always watching him and stuff like that. And then when I when I went down to the the national team down in Dublin, I was actually Mick's sparring partner for the 2016 Olympics. I was 60 kilo, he was 56. You know, and he he was dealing with some of the 56s too easy, so he had to spar me at a heavier weight. You know, but I was like, I was learning loads off him. I was. After the spars, I was going up to him and asking him, you know, what could I do better for the next spar? Yeah, I was trying, you know, I wanted to improve. I was, I was, I was, um, I really, really, really wanted to improve. So I was just asking him, you know, what, what can I do better? This and that. What did he what tell can you? I do better for training. And he was just saying, like, because oh, amateur boxing is different from pro boxing. He was saying, like, faint more, um, more head movement. Uh, don't be afraid to attack, you know, and especially against a fighter like him, you know. You are afraid to attack because he's so good at countering. You know, he's, yeah, he's so he's brilliant. Letting you throw and then coming the inside of your of your punches. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot in them years and uh, under the, infl or the influence of Michael Conlon. You know, and learned a lot through his social side of things and give us give all the young lads great tips. It really just goes to show like how intricate the combat sports community is within Ireland. You know what I mean? Because uh, yeah. I actually saw that. 
your head coach was over in SBG Ireland doing a yeah. bit of boxing over there. And uh, you were involved in Conor McGregor's camp for yeah. the Floyd Mayweather fight. How did yeah. that come about in the first place? And what was it like? And were you living the high life over there? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, see, my, one of my good mates, uh, Conor Wallace. Conor Wallace was uh, McGregor's sparring partner for the Nate Diaz fight, uh, the second fight. So I think when Conor was moving into um, boxing, he shot Conor Wallace text and says, look, is there any sparring in, in, in Ireland for me? that kind of would suit the Floyd Mayweather kind of way of style. And I was always known for a very, a very slick, unusual style and very elusive. So um, Connor was like, yeah, I know a guy. I'll send you his number. So and then I get the I get the text and I was like, yeah, Connor McGregor wants to spar you. And I was like, dude, one, I was from my head coach, uh, uh, Adam Hunter. And I was like, Connor McGregor wants to spar you. And I was just like, wise up, like, you're taking the piss out of me, you know. And he was like, "Do you not believe me?" And I was like, "No, I don't believe you." And uh, he was like, and he showed me a text. He showed me like a screenshot of his phone, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Things got kind of real from there. And then I went down to Dublin. Done. Uh, we're put up in the red cow with two other sparring partners, and went in and sparred him the Wednesday, and then I sparred him again on the Friday. And we we're supposed to do like. Uh, well, I thought we were only supposed to do maybe five or six rounds. We ended up doing nine rounds the first day. And we ended up doing nine rounds the second day as well. And after the second sport, he just turned around and said to me, you're going to Vegas, kid. And I was like, wow. So, had, you ever, had you ever been to America? I know you've been nerdy all over the world. You said earlier, but like, had you been in America? Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I'd been to America pretty, uh, before that. Like I was in Philadelphia uh kansas city twice and i was in florida as well um but yeah i knew i knew what would what to expect going to america but like for a 20 year old kid to go to vegas uh with not a clue what's happening and just yeah. arrive at vegas airport like on a flight just out of business class and you're like what the fuck is this Sorry for the excuse from language. No, no, you can say what you want. You can say you're, what you want. You're, you're never coming back on. But carry yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tell us, what was it like to spar Conor McGregor? And what is that left hand like? Oh, you know what? We, we had some great spars. Like, you know what I mean? Um, like, I, I was probably just a little bit... Um, like I, was 20, I was 20 years old. I was yet to come into man, my man's strength. Yeah. You know? Um, so, like, Connor was just coming to knock me out. You know what I mean? Ah, oh, jeez. Hold on a second. Jeez. Um, Concierge there of the O'Rourke's gym. I opened the door 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the doorman here. I'm known as the bouncer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, yeah, he was, coming, he was coming to knock me out every spar. And I think what caught Connor's eye and why he wanted me in Vegas was that I was so... I was so elusive, it was, it was very hard for him to catch me clean, you know, and a few times he did catch me clean and I stood there and looked at him, but like inside I was, I was like, fuck, fuck, this bike and kind of hit like, yeah. um, but I just wanted to put up a brave face because I knew if I, if I, if I sparred well, I was going to Vegas and I wanted to go to Vegas, so yeah, and I, I really, I, I just, I don't know, I just I have a big heart, so I just kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing and that's what caught his eye was my eagerness and, and my heart. And, uh, but 
I absolutely love my style, you know. And I remember John, John Kavanagh turning around saying to me, he was like, I think you're the only person that's ever talked back to Connor in the ring. You know, Connor's always used to degrading his, his opponents um, in the ring, you know, talking to them and stuff. Okay. Yeah, carry on. So John Kavanagh yeah, was just um, came over to you. Yeah, so John came over to me and he was like, look, I think you're the only person that's talked back to Connor in, in the ring, you know, because, like, there was times where he was saying, like, like dance for me, kid, you know, because <laughs> I, I was always on the move, you know, because I'm elusive, you know. Yeah. And he would, he, would, he would come in the center of the ring and he'd stamp his foot, feet in the center of the ring and he'd go, dance for me, kid, you know. And I would just, re- I would just say back to him, I was like, um, I, I would take a step back and I would dance for him and I would go, oh, there you go. You know, and it was very entertaining. Give him your best Michael Flatley impression. Yeah, there was times times where the 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 referee was kind of like, "Come on, fellas, let's spar." You know, because we were just flat out, and I think I just I earned my respect with Connor. You know, Um, and I think uh, I think that's what solidified my place going to Vegas. You know, because there were some sparring partners that weren't asked to go over, you know, it was kind of like a trial period for some of the sparring partners. And I think it was probably the best sparring partner uh, out of them all. You know, I've done over 55 rounds with Connor over the course of the the, the camp, you know, and he had, he had three or four uh, sparring partners there. So I think I've done fairly well, you know. Yeah. How long were you there overall for? Well, I was in Vegas for eight weeks. Eight weeks? Um, yeah, eight weeks. I'm almost sick of looking at Vegas yeah. at this rate. And what, what was you the know, accommodation like? Ah, you know what? The accommodation was amazing. Like, it was an eight-bedroom house. You know, it was, you just and who, who else was in your house? Who who were you staying with? Um, there was me, Franz Malambo, Tommy McCormick, uh, Vasil Bria, who was a massage massage guy for Connor, uh, Polly Malnagy. Um, I think that was it. Yeah. What was the way you shared the house with Paulie Malnagy, and did he leave after the infamous bar? So I was the one that was driving home after the infamous bar, you know. And uh, I kind of just I I knew it in Paulie's face that you know he was kind of pissed off himself that um, how the how the bar went, you know. Paulie was out of shape, you know what I mean? Like, and Paulie's one of one of the best friggin' welterweights out there, you know, that's ever graced the ring. He's fought everybody. Yeah. Um and for him to come into that camp out of shape I think was a, a bad idea because he tried like Polly was and uh, Polly wanted to prove something that Connor doesn't belong in the boxing ring. And Connor wanted to prove that he does belong in the boxing ring. And for Polly to go in there out of shape was outrageous because Connor was in serious shape, and he was probably all muscle compared to Polly. Um, and then after this bar, I just knew in Polly's face, he, 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 he thought, Frig, maybe he does belong in the boxing ring, yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, I'm pretty sure whenever that photo came out, Polly just left. He didn't want any part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, 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 it shouldn't the, the 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 picture shouldn't have went out, but it did. That's that's life, you know what I mean? You get you get shit on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 
just sell the fight more to be honest isn't it yeah it does it does you know and like I, I have the, like Polly I have the most respect for Polly you know and um, I'm sure Polly would give Connor a good fight um, whenever Polly's in good shape but he was in, he was way out of shape during that camp you know there was times all time dad bod yeah but even the dad bod like there was times where he was heading out like like m- midnight into the, in the, in the strip and then he would come back like the next morning or he'd come back like three o'clock in the morning so I'm pretty sure he was maybe out drinking or he was out partying or out meeting a few friends you know yeah another person oh, here we go look who that again hey, ah, super Floyd how are you are you <laughs> oh Jesus well, Victor <laughs> Robbie as well just the whole crew the whole crew is there the we, have, we have the whole crew in here yeah, must must be sparring time soon, is it? No. Right, so like, obviously that that was like having gone to that camp for eight weeks and you were there in Vegas. Was that like right? This is my moment to shine. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is uh, you can now see the bigger picture, you know. Yeah, well, it really opened my eyes to what the future was like and what big fights are like in Vegas. Um, so. Like after that, I, that's funny enough. Like I was living the high life when I was over there, but I ended up taking a little break. Then after, yeah. But who cares? Like I'm, I'm back on track now, and uh, I I can't wait till till I show everybody what I have been working on the last two years. Um, and I'm more hungry than ever, you know. Um, um more hungry. Last than- question on that turn. Did you get a, a free ticket to the fight now with that with that sparring camp? Oh yeah, we did. We, I I got the fight. Um, funny enough, the the ticket that I got originally was a ten grand ticket. Jeez. But but like when we got there, we were upgraded to fifteen grand ticket. Were you rubbing shoulders with the slabs? Funny enough, because we were actually on the second tier, so we weren't on the ground tier. Yeah. We were on the second tier, and, and the second tier was fifteen grand. Like, so I can't imagine what the bottom floor was. But like before the fight, um, one of the guys that works with MacLife kind of brought me into the ground floor because I wanted to see the boxing ring. And uh, so I kind of walked in, and I walked right up to the edge, as far enough as you can go. And I was just sitting there, box looking at the boxing ring, and blah blah blah. And I looked behind me, and there was like J Lo. And A Rod, and I'm like, oh shit! Oh, wow. <laughs> and I look behind them, and I see LeBron James, and I see Chris Hemsworth, and Jared Butler, and Don Cheadle, and Demi Lovato, and I'm like, oh, am I watching TV here? Yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah. That's the like, hey, like, like if you were making up slabs that were cool to be there, you'd probably say less, less good slabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, 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 even I remember it was after the fight. And we were all just outside Connor's dressing room, and there was like a buffet outside the dressing room for like the promoters and stuff like that. But Don Cheadle, Chris Hemsworth, and Jared Butler were just standing there, and they were like, Jared Butler was absolutely pissed, and <laughs> he, had, he had a massive beard, and he had like really long hair, like shaggy hair, and they were all like. Jared Butler and Chris Hemsworth were standing there, and they were they were huge compared to me. Like they're big guys. Yeah. And then there was Don Cheadle, 
who's tiny, like standing beside them, and it was hilarious. And I was just thinking, even looking at Don Cheadle, I was thinking back to the the movie The Guard. Yeah, <laughs> Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, it was Brendan Gleeson, and it was just so funny. I was getting flashbacks, but it's like Jerry Butler was sitting there, and he was just stuffing his face with like buffet food. And <laughs> I remember just asking him a question. And I was just like, "Oh, how do you think he got on?" <laughs> and he was like stuffing his bringing mouth with like sausage rolls or something like that. And he was like, "Crippling on over." How'd you get on? And then Chris Hemsworth stepped in. And he goes, "Oh yeah, I, I think he got on well." And uh, considering he's not an, he's not a boxer, you know, with his, with my best Australian Australian accent. accent. I love that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so, and then Don Cheadle stepped in. And he was like, "Yeah, I thought he done great." And then Jeff Butler was just pissed, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Floyd Floyd was great." And he's this Scot- the mad Scottish American accent. You know, yeah. I was just mad Scottish, weird, weird accent, and uh, that was like that was that was me rubbing shoulders with the with the, the slams, yeah. <laughs> like even look, Amelda May was in. She sang the the national anthem um, before I met her, and then Demi Lovato was obviously she was in as well, saying hello and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, there were so many celebs. I'm pretty sure I've seen Bruce Willis as well. Jeez. You know, if, like, looking back now, Tyrion, like, what, what was like, the, high, the, the, the best moment of the whole, the whole entire trip? I know it was eight weeks, so it's hard to pick one, but like, if you had to pick one, what, what was it? Um, flight home, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> what was that no, like? No, it was good to get home, but... Um, but I would say probably just being there at the fight and and taking in the the, the atmosphere at the fight was huge. And I missed. You know what the funny thing is? I'll tell you a story now. I missed half, but about the first two rounds of the fight because I I got a I, I was in the change rooms before the fight and I got a phone call from Joseph Eubank, who is uh, Chris Eubank Senior's son. And I, I got a phone call from him on WhatsApp, and he go, and I answered the phone. I was like, "Yeah, what's up?" And it was Chris Eubank Senior, and he was out the, out the front door, and he turned around and he said to me, "He goes, Tianan, <laughs> <"Tienin, laughs> I, I was supposed to come in with, uh, I was supposed to come in with Connor's dad, Tony Senior, and he left without me." Uh, so I was like, okay, what do you want me to get somebody to get you in or whatever? Have you got a ticket? And he goes, I have no ticket. And uh, blah, blah, blah. Ended up getting to the promoters and going to the front door. And I got Chris Eubank Sr. into the fight for free. Big pull, Taron and Bradley. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and he, turned around and, he turned around and said to me, he goes, uh, I owe you a big favor. Anytime you need a favor, I owe you so he, has, he owes me a big favor. And he was like, where, where, where am I sitting? And I was like, well, I don't know. I got you in here. Just go wherever and say you lost the ticket. You're Chris Eubank Sr. You could blag your way in then. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not like with me rock up and like, <laughs> I lost my ticket. It's like, right, you're out. It's like, the yeah, well, most known faces like, in boxing. It's like, if you remember, okay, well, points, Murphy, yeah. 
if you remember, there was a video of a guy that got into the fight for free. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember was... the video of that? I was actually in that video, so it was a, like he's obviously recording ahead of him on a GoPro, and like he comes walking out of the elevator, and there's me and Chris Eubank Senior like walking past, you know, and we're having yeah. this conversation. And uh, anyway, he ended up getting into the fight for free, and I'm pretty sure he got the ringside. I don't know how the hell he got the ringside, but um, probably said he's working with Sky Sports. The next yeah. thing you know, if you say if you say anything with a bit of confidence, you get away with it, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. If you're walking like Chris Eubank Senior, you'll get away with anything because he's an embodiment of confidence, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, also the suits and the accent on him, you're just like, obviously he's meant to be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, he's wearing snakeskin, a snakeskin uh, uh, jacket and snakeskin shoes and everything with a sheriff badge on. <laughs> yeah. Like obviously, like Conor McGregor said last week, that like he was going to fight Manny Pacquiao. Like obviously, you're fighting this week. Would you you you'd be able to slip him an old DM and get again on that card if that was to happen? Ah, yeah. Like um, I probably I probably would. I don't know if he's back in Ireland. Uh, he said he was back in Ireland. But uh, yeah, I'm always up for a spar with him, and he knows that. You know, he, he probably if there was ever going to be a second my other fight, he would give me a shout. You know, yeah. but like I'm just concentrating on my own career at the moment. Mm. Um, I don't need to be anybody's sparring partner. Um, now we were meant you'd be on the card, as in like to promote yourself going forward. As in you'd yeah, be on well, the undercard. <laughs> funny enough, before the other fight, I turned around to Connor's management team and I goes. Um, Get me a fight with Justin Bieber on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? You, you may laugh at it now, but no, it just that came out of nowhere. Like, uh, yeah, in today, but in today's like in today's environment, with the way boxing is going with like Logan Paul and KSI, yeah. you wouldn't put a past. Yeah, you know some promoters. You know what I mean? And at that time, Flo, uh, Justin Bieber had been training with Floyd Mayweather. So yeah, but he he was over that Tom Cruise fight. Yeah, he was looking for the Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah, I, was, I was there for that fight, you know. Yeah, who knows? Like, like obviously, like KSI and Logan Pauls and Jake Pauls and like Dylan Dennis and everyone's yeah. trying to get in that boxing game, but it's it's unreal. But like, bring it back to yourself. Like, obviously, you've been out for two years. Why now? Why this week? Why are you like? Why are you making your debut this week? And why should everyone tune in? Um. Well, you see, the 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 last well, I had two years. Um, like I was in New York, I was due to start my boxing career over in New York, but things didn't work out. I ended up just living the life over there. Um, just I, wor- I was working in a boxing gym over there, cause, and I wasn't out of the boxing gym. You know, I didn't just take a break completely from boxing. I was still in the gym. I was still learning. I was still around the environment. Um, I just didn't live the life as a boxer for for a while. You know. But I needed that break. I needed the break from my own body, my own uh, my own mind. Um, and I think now, like this this weekend, I I, I would have been ready six months ago. But it's just unfortunate that I had to take this time, you know, with the whole pandemic and stuff like that. Now is is the time because I meant to have three fights at the start of the year that were cancelled, um, and they were big big venues. Um, and then I was meant to have a fight in Spain. Then after the whole after the whole pandemic was kind of eased down, so fight in Spain on the Victor Rabe and Ren Rock show, but they didn't have enough spots on that show, and they only could do limited fighters. And then I was supposed to fight on twenty sixth of September, but Spain's cases had risen a lot. That yeah. show was cancelled. 
So then Connor Slater was putting on the show in Poland. Um, so yeah, this weekend I'm more than ready for it. As I said, like I was ready six, six months ago, but to be able to have that time now um, and get sharp and be fit and just be in incredible shape, um, I think it'll just make everybody more excited. And I think the hype was just building and building and building, and everybody waiting. Yeah. For my, my for my fight to happen because there was like I was getting a fight and then I'll put it out my socials and uh, I would say that I'm fighting, 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 get ready, fight news soon, fight news soon, and then all of a sudden the no fight news. And everybody's like, ah, but the hype was building, the hype was building, and then I'm lower down and the hype was building. So I think it's just been building and building and building. And it's like a it's like a volcano being held back, you know, and I'm ready to explode this yeah. weekend. You know, I'm, I'm just I, from the from the start of the start of the bell to the last. You know, I don't think there is going to be a last bell. I think it's just going to be a ding ding on the floor and get out of there. And one and done. You know, so I'm looking forward to. It. And uh, Tiernan, tell us this: Where can we watch your fight on Saturday for those people sitting here watching this video at home? Yeah, so I'm going to be sharing it on my Instagram page, um, and I'm going to be sharing it on my Facebook as well. Um, and then in my hometown, hopefully with the curfews and stuff like that, hopefully they, they don't go into level five. Um, it's going to be shown in a, in a bar as well in the village inn. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be posting everything on, the, on, the, on, the, on my socials. So everybody should keep updated on my social, on my social media. Yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll make sure to shout it out and we'll do yeah. an L swipe up if it's on the internet for you. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, yeah well, thank well, you, lads. Yeah, well, Tiernan, thanks a for coming on the show. And best of luck to you and the lads going over there with a smash and grab. Uh, yeah. Ross, anything else to say? No, just tell all the lads we're asked for them. Um, best of luck, and I'm sure you'll all walk out with a clean sweep, as always. O'Rourke's finest. Thanks very much, lads. All the best, Tiernan. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. All right, Ross, so that was Tiernan. Like, um, like, man, it's an unbelievable story, you know? Yeah, but like the thing is, we've been following him for ages, and then like I remember when I first saw him when he was sparring McGregor, and I was like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" And then like we've been following each other ever since, and then uh, it was just perfect timing to get him on. Yeah, one hundred percent pro debut this Saturday. If you're watching this, make sure to definitely check him out. Um, he looks like one to watch, as does yeah. the rest of O'Rourke's gym. Yeah, the new was... boxing, the boxing hub of Dublin, really, isn't it? It is, and and then like. Also, Katie Taylor just announced that she's back in action on the 14th of November as well. So that's something to look out for. But uh, if you are new to the show and you're new to this, like we do a combat show every week and uh, cover MMA and boxing. So this week we had Tiernan on. We had Dylan Moran on a few weeks ago as well. So uh, who knows what's coming up next week. But Ross, over the, we're going into the world of MMA now. Bellator Milan happened over the weekend being headlined by James Gallagher against Cal Elner. Uh, there was so much hype leading into this fight. Obviously, it was cancelled three times. It happened this weekend. We should start off. James, what a performance against Cal. Yeah, it really, really was. Um, we were sort of texting in the middle of the fight. And James' performance, it was such a vintage James Gallagher performance. It was like yeah. a clockwork, really. Um, he put in a beautiful shot, got the takedown, um, took his back. Once he puts in that body lock, you're going nowhere. And the rear naked choke is an eventuality at some stage. He got it in. Cal Eleanor tapped out. James left there relatively unscathed. Called for the belt afterwards. I wouldn't be surprised if he got it. 
if I was the Bellator matchmaker, I'd probably do um, Gallagher versus Bandeas too. And if he wins that, he fights one Archuleta. I just think there's a good story there with Bandeas for the belt or before the belt. Isn't it crazy how like young James is, but then you, he comes across as if he's so much older. Like I saw a post out after that, like the up and comers to watch out for for Irish MMA is obviously James. He's 23. Uh, Ian. Gary was 23 yeah. and then Paul Hughes was 22 I think I said and I was just like geez, James seems like so much older than them two lads I don't know what it is well he's been in the mainstream media a lot longer yeah. for the last like five fights as opposed to the lads are sort of in their last two fights they've been getting a lot of coverage so yeah. I think that's where that comes from I mean he's headlined what four or five shows I think yeah. he's tied for I think he's tied third for most submissions in Bellator history <laughs> I mean like he's yeah. a trailblazer in itself I think because he is that bit more cocky or arrogant, as people call him, that he, you know, people sort of, have, some people have a disdain for him, some people love him. So he's definitely a more controversial figure out of the three. <laughs> more controversial than Ian Gary? I think, uh, I, I think so, because like, I feel like Ian Gary's controversial comments are only ever in good jest, if you know what I mean. As no, I get, to, I get no, there's no bad blood there. But like, even Gary does like an L controversial comment. He does, he yeah, does. Paul, but, uh, Paul, Paul used dusty eyes across the T's, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, they are three. The, uh, the thing is, like, obviously, when we were with James at, at uh, FICON, and then we got to see just just what he was like around people more. So um, He's and, actually a really nice, humble guy, isn't he? Yeah, and, like, like remember last time he was talking about how he was he had mental health problems and uh, he didn't know if he was going to be able to make the fight and stuff. Mm. And then we previously talked about how uh, Rory McDonald was fighting in Bellator and he said he didn't know if he still had it. And then like when a fighter says that, you sort of doubt that they still have that killer instinct. But James went in there and put on a masterclass and before the fight, we were like, oh, like what's going to happen? And it, it didn't affect him, which is unbelievable for someone with so much pressure on him at such a young age. You know, yeah, like, definitely. Not, not even Conor McGregor had this pressure at that age. No, not at all. It was an absolutely beautiful performance. It was, you could almost call it flawless, to be honest. It was. We, we were... We if, he, if, he was, if he was playing Mortal Kombat, that would be a flawless victory. No, it was. That, that was extremely impressive. And uh, long may it continue. Uh, also, shout out to Charlie Ward, who got the win as well, in point decision. And then, Kiefer Crosby. It was a doctor's stoppage after the first round. Shout out to Charlie Leary for getting the win. But... Um, I don't know what happened in this fight. Like, obviously, we had Keyfron last week, and he was saying it was the best he's ever felt. But it almost looked like he like he gassed out like in the first round. Yeah, it really did. It looked like the gas tank wasn't wasn't what it was supposed to be. And uh, I think maybe I don't know. I'm just uh, guessing here, but maybe he thought that he's cut all the weight that he'd automatically be fitter. Um, but maybe that wasn't the case. He looks to be, you know on sort of his last legs after about four minutes. Now, yeah. who knows whether, you know, he got hit to the body at some stage and, you know, that took the wind out of him or what happened. But look, it was definitely the best round of the night. Uh, <laughs> it, it was an absolute brawl. But, it, and things were not going Kiefer's way, let's be honest about it. If we were to be very honest about it, um, that was definitely at least a 10-9 round to Charlie Leary. Um, and look, who knows? Thing is, anything can happen in MMA. Um, who knows if Kiefer shoots in on double leg and you know gets on top of Charlie Leary for the first two minutes of the second round? Does he get his gas tank back? 
Does he get a second win? Can he go again? It was a bizarre stoppage, from my opinion, because we've watched thousands of fights, and I've never seen someone look like that, and then the fight gets stopped, to be honest. Yeah. It was very, very, very strange. And we both said, if that was in the UFC, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I was listening to what's called the Punk Punk and um, John, Big John McCarthy's podcast, and they're saying mm-hmm. that it happened around the tear duct. So um, if that's not if that's not, not like stopped properly, you could have a problem with his eyes for the rest of his life. So I suppose it was a correct thing to do, but I know we, we were just both watching mm-hmm. it, and we were like, that was a bit of a strange stoppage. Oh, I do that, think also in that stoppage, I thought he was getting stopped because the left eye was actually getting stopped by the right eye. So yeah, it was, know, I mean, neither neither of us are doctors either. So like we can only just give our opinion as fans. And obviously, Kiefer wanted to keep going as well. Yeah, let's see what happens anyway. But like, you know, I mean, that's I don't know, that's just that was just really disappointing. We were just a bit like, oh no. Yeah. But uh, here, you just that's the thing with MMA. Like you win some, you lose some, you just carry on. It's all about. Uh, it's not over yet, anyway. And then a uh, massive shout out to Sinead Cavanagh as well. Got to win as well that night. But Ross, this weekend, wait, 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 Basmo, hold the phone. Shout out to our boy Brian Moore on Thursday night, who also came out with Nazi stunning victory in Milan. Actually, you know what? I didn't even have that card up to be honest. Sorry about that. That's all right. But all we need to say is shout out to Brian Moore. That performance was bloody epic, wasn't it? Uh, back and forth to say the least. Fair play to Brian. And yeah. uh, but uh, Ross, will we move into this weekend's card in Bellator? Oh, yeah, bring it on. Bellator uh, France or Bellator Paris. This is the first ever legalized MMA event in France. That was historic. And uh, it's headlined by the Czech Congo versus Timothy Johnson. Yeah, for the second time. I think well, what's most important is that co main event it is Ross Houston versus Michael Venom Page, two former guests of the show, uh, two good friends of the show. Basmo. Do you like when guests, former guests of the show have to fight each other or would rather they fought someone else? Oh, uh, I actually... Uh, <laughs> has this happened before? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think because we had Fabian and Will on, I thought maybe they were going to fight each other, but yeah. they didn't. No, but like... This, this is an energized first. Yeah. Ross, man, like... Uh, obviously, we had Ross Houston on the show before and he was actually scheduled to fight Neema Gracie and that fell yeah. through. But now Ross Houston against Michael Venom Page. Ross Houston making his de- Bellator debut. Former Cage Warriors champ. Like, what's there to say about MVP? What's there not to say about MVP? Just uh, an absolute star. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Like, what are you expecting for this weekend, <laughs> This is going to be a very, very interesting one. Obviously, we saw Ross Houston's most famous for that absolute war they had with Nicholas Dalby. The stop was called no contest because there was too much blood in the cage. Uh, I didn't know that was ever a thing, but it was a thing. A bloodbath, uh, one would say. A bloodbath, indeed. And then on the other hand, you have Michael Venom Page, um, probably the slickest striker on uh, the Bellator roster. Definitely the most must fighter that they have on their roster. He is absolutely sensational. Yeah. We were at Bellator 200 when Dave Rickles just said, no mass, no mass, that's enough. Thanks very much. He, like, it was one of the strangest stoppages you'll ever see, Javoy, wasn't it? He? he just sort of walked off and said to the ref, actually, you know what? I've had enough, thanks. <laughs> he wasn't even knocked down at the time. He was just, nah, it's fine. The caveman. Like, my boss is um, here. I'll see you later, right? <laughs> yeah. So Michael Venom Page is a bit of a funny one. A lot of people say, you know, he, he hasn't, he's never bought or beaten someone upper echelon talent, man. You know, the Paul Daly fight was a real letdown. So, look, very interesting to see Ross Houston coming in. No gimme fight to start off with. Yeah. Straight in with one of the elite. And Michael Venom Page, 
wants to fight uh, Lima for the belt. He wants that rematch. Yeah. So but Ross, there's also let me let me stop you there. There's also a bit of a, a back and forth between teams because like London Shoe Fighters obviously based in London and then Team Renegade based in Birmingham. They've a bit they've there's beef between those two. Ross Ross Houston has been training with Leon and Fabian yeah. in um, Team Renegade. So there's there's a bit more to the story than you could see, you know? There is indeed. I don't know how much beef will correlate through between MVP yeah. and Ross Houston, but um Mike Shippen was uh, shoe fighters and Fabian was renegade and they were massive rivals and there was a bit of you know, blood boiling over there between those two. It will be interesting to see will the beef go, come fight uh, week, especially with all these people like quarantined in the one hotel. Uh, I'll be very, very interested to see it. But look, that co-main event could easily be a world title fight. Yeah, I'd love to see five rounds of this. So Four. would I. Uh, so would I. Four. You, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> You're going to make me pick, is that it? I'm going to make you pick first. <laughs> uh, um, look, Ross Houston is an absolute warrior. He has so much heart. There's absolute dog. He's also brilliant at all facets of MMA. Yeah. But there is just that thing with MVP that he has that venomous strike within him. Like what is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so I'm going to say MVP uh, will win by TKO in the second round. I just feel like Ross Houston was like hittable against Dalby. And I yeah. feel like MVP will be able to, you know, strike and get out. And I think that's how he'll get the job done. Yeah, I think MVP is just in a league of his own with striking and then uh, Ross's best chance is to get in there and make it make a dogfight the way uh, the Paul Daly fight went. But also MVP ended up winning that as well, didn't he? Indeed. Yeah, so like everyone well, knows. MVP or sorry, Paul Daly used loads of wrestling against MVP. And yeah. like, that made it inter- well made it interesting from a sort of tactical standpoint, but like made a shite from the fans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that's Ross Houston's best opportunity. But here, look, Ross is there. Ross is going for gold in Bellator. Like, there's no warm-up fights for him. He's going all in. Balls deep. Um, the other question is, in the main event, Czech Congo, if he wins, do you think he'll retire in the Paris cage or do you think he'll actually call for a title shot in the Paris cage? Because I feel like he can do one or the other and sort of get away with it. What happens if it's a draw? Well, then, Timothy Johnson is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, why not? Like, I mean, call, uh, yeah, if Timothy Johnson wins, I think Czech will retire. If Czech wins, he's, there's gonna, everyone's going to be hyped for him. So, hey, he's calling out Bader. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's the, the move to make. What do you think? I think so, too. Uh, what's called, I, I was surprised that that fight hasn't been made already. Congo versus Bader. I thought that was... Like an absolute shoe in, to be honest. Yeah, sure. We'll see what happens. There's a couple of other the Irish lads on this card as well. I just want to mention uh, Karen Clark's fighting, and also Dylan Logan's on the card. Um, our mate Ross Ilias Boulade is after getting rearranged. He's on this card as well. And uh, awesome. and then our for uh, like our former mate <laughs> Melvin Manhoof's on the card as well. <laughs> Do you remember you're walking around the back of Bellator, and then you're like, "Blast!" There's Melvin Manhoof. Jesus. Yeah, but he was absolutely massive, and also he was eating all the food out of the buffet. Yeah, that's the only reason why you're it's like, get, it's like, quick, get to the buffet before Melvin Manhoof. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, Ross, anything else to say about Bellator before we move on to the um, UFC news? No, what's called uh, best luck to Czech Congo this weekend, uh, fighting in Paris. Hopefully he gets that beta rematch 
because uh, first one was an eye poke. I, I, I was trying to think in the back of my brain what way that went down, and it was a no contest, so like that's no good. And then uh, best luck to MVP and Ross Houston. Uh, we love both you guys, and hopefully you just get a very entertaining fight. Here, here. Uh, right, Ross, we're going to start off with the UC from the weekend. Holly Holm defeated Aldana. And uh, at 38, Ross, she's still going strong. She is indeed. She, in her post-fight uh, press conference, she said she's willing to take on all comers. Uh, and for me, I think that just means that her and her main drama should do a rematch. And that can be a number one contender fight for Amanda Nunes, for all I care. Um, to be honest, I <laughs> yeah. think, you know, Jermaine Durand to me was like, hero, people don't like respect me enough. But I think people don't respect her because she blatantly ducked Cyborg. So therefore, that's probably why people don't respect her. Well, I think her versus home is like a grudge match. I think it should be a main event as well because I think people would love to see five rounds of that. I definitely yeah. hope for that. And then shout out to the natural born killer, Carlos Conda, getting back in the win column after losing his last five. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe that's who Nick Diaz comes out of retirement to fight because uh, they had they had an interesting five rounds back in what 2014, maybe. Also, Reese McKee called out that fight as well. Uh, Conda versus Diaz. No, Conda, no, himself versus Conda. Oh, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that either. That'd be a yeah. scrap. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Also, they're 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 holding off what his announcement is, Reese McKee. So I don't know why. It's a bit of a strange one. I didn't want to DM and be like, are you going to tell us who it is? Because I don't know if I could hold it in, so sometimes you're better off not knowing. <laughs> yeah. Boy, what do you think it is? Well, I don't know. That's, that's why I, I'm, I'm very unsure of who his opponent is. So. Well, do you think it's going to be something special? Well, like, I think you, whoever he's fighting, I think it's going to be a known name. Like, he's, he's not going to fight someone who's like, also debuting in, the, or who's debuting in the UFC, I don't think. Yeah, well, we'll bring we'll break it to people once uh, we find out as, as well. But uh, Ross, this weekend it is UC Floyd Island. It's being headlined by Marlon Moraes against Corey Sandhagen in the bantamweight division. You can say this is a number one contender spot. But um, Ross, what are you expecting here? Yeah, well, interesting that Peter Yan hasn't been made. His fight still is yet to be made against Aljamain Sterling. Sterling, there's still no date for that. Uh, yeah. Sandhagen Dana, Dana seems to Dana seems to be putting on the back burner. Yeah, there's. It seems to be some sort of issue with Sterling as well. That like he, he, he took a very long time saying Sterling was the number one contender, despite the fact being he's the very clear number one contender. Um, look, if Sandhagen wins, I don't think he, he can be the number one contender because he lost to Sterling. But if Marlon Marais wins, he's beat Sterling, did the Sunset, but then it beaten Sandhagen. He only lost to Henry Cejudo. So Marlon Marais could definitely fight for the belt for the win here. And he could almost say he's, he should be the number one contender ahead of Aljamain Sterling because he's knocked him out so look if you ask me who I think is going to win I think Marlon Moraes is going to win I think he's got KO finishing power and I think that could be enough to get the job done and he's good all around the cage Marlon Moraes' only issue in the past was the gas tank so as long as the gas tank isn't uh, ridden out I think he could be the man to do it he's also been in a lot more five round fights I don't think Corey Sandhagen's ever been in a five round fight yeah, like usually, you know me, man, I, I like to disagree with you, but when I was looking at this fight earlier, I was like, John Marlon Mar- Marais has just sort of been there, and then like Corey Sanhagen let us, like sort of let himself down against Aljamain Sterling. Remember, he got, he got, didn't he, he got subbed, uh, like, I think halfway through the first round. It didn't even really yeah. go that far, from, if my memory Yeah, we well, got absolutely backpacked 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think, I think just the, the save money would be Marlon Moraes to win this fight. But, Ross, like, in the featherweight division, Edson Barbosa is taking on Macron and Americani. Uh, Barbosa lost his last fight, his debut in the featherweight division, didn't he? Against Danny Ige. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, this is a huge fight for Macron and Americani. This is his biggest step up in competition, I think, ever for Macron. Yeah. Um, for me... I love Macwan, lovely fella. I remember when we were on Finnish TV screaming his name. But <laughs> uh, I must say, I actually think uh, Edson Barboza is going to be too much from. I think too much on the feet and not easy enough to take down for Macwan to do the business on the ground. I think Macwan's going to have problems with those leg kicks, those body kicks, and I expect a TKO from Edson Barboza late in the first or sometime early mid second. Like. <clears throat> Edson Barbosa trains with uh, Zavit, and like obviously he was he's training partners with Frank Yeager as well. I just think the caliber of sparring partners that Barbosa has is just. I actually he's moved Basmo, you know. I actually use an ATT now. Is he's he, over like Dustin Poirier now. So like he's basically uh, people just <laughs> as good, if not better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think he because I think the Florida lifestyle probably suited him better than New Jersey. I'd say. I actually agree with that. But, um, yeah. The, the, the Brazilians tend to do better when they're over in Florida, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go for Edson Barbosa. So we're actually agreeing on two fights mm. on 040, which is pretty bad. But uh, Ross, one of your good friends, Ben Rothwell, is taking on Marcin Deburr on this Man, I, knew, I, I knew you were going to say that. Big Ben. Uh, I'm backing Big Ben for the win, as always. He gave me a t-shirt one time in Ireland. Still have it. So anytime Big Ben fights, I'm going to cheer for him. Also, uh, Tom Aspinall's fighting on this card. He's yeah. the English young version of Frank Mir. So uh, watch out for him. He looked very dangerous last time we were here on Fight Island. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Aspinall wins here if he goes, Dana, can I stay on uh, Fight Island and fight again? A la Kazmash. Yeah. Well, that's Why not? Well, I, I, I do think if you're a headweight fighter and you win very, very early on, um, with the way the fight world is at the moment, you should ask I fight someone again on Fight Island because why not? You don't have to make weight. Yeah, and also you get to stay in a nice weather and you're already quarantined so you don't need to worry about as much stuff. Yeah, but just say he gets like 50 grand or something. Like, why not earn another 50 grand in three weeks' time? Like, you're there and you're ready. Yeah. So, like, like so like this weekend we have Bellator on in France. Yeah. We have, we have UFC on in Fight Island and then obviously the lads fighting in Poland and boxing. So, we're going to make sure we have streams for the boxing. Like, the Bellator stuff is easy enough to do but, like, they, it's not... It's not overly easy to get, but uh, if anyone needs any links or anything, let's get on to us. And then everyone knows how to sort out the UC stuff. But uh, Ross, another another episode on the can, another week of uh, crack. It was great to have Tim yeah. on as well. And um, when I see you on Wednesday, I'll give you that UFC glove, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, thanks, man, for tuning in, guys. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, stay, stay energized. energized.